It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content in conjunction with FanRag Sports at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Wednesday of Bears Week. There is no opponent Wednesday, the Monday Night Football Knocked our schedule out of whack, but I will tell you, Greg Jennings, former Packers and Vikings receiver, and Dolphins, but who really remembers, will be on the show tomorrow. So we will have that to look forward to, working on getting Tyler Dunn, who used to work for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and cover the Green Bay Packers, now writes for Bleacher Report. Hopefully we can get him on the podcast this week, working on getting that scheduled. And working on getting some other cool guests in the coming weeks, and so, you know, I, I I hope you stay tuned for that. Some very cool things going on with Locked On Packers. So, if you could, tell a friend, tell your aunts and uncles, friends, colleagues, co-workers, your Uber driver, tell them about the show, because we're having a good time. I know the season isn't going great lately, three straight losses, but it can turn around, and we're going we're gonna to get to that. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But we have to start with some very unfortunate news. Uh, Mike McCarthy confirmed on Tuesday that Brian Bulaga tore his ACL. He is out for the year. Luckily, he's an offensive lineman, which means his explosiveness is not as important as if it were a receiver or a corner or a defensive end or something like that. But these are 10, 11, 12-month recovery injuries. And this is already a player who's dealt with injuries the last few years. This is a player who is already getting up in age. And this is also a player who, given the way his contract is structured, the Packers can get out of his deal at the end of this year with minimal cap implications and save $8.5 million the next two seasons on the cap. Now, the injury complicates things. They, they could decide because they could, they could keep him for one more year. If he starts the year on PUP, plays half a season, there are considerations here. And and one of those considerations, frankly, is what the succession plan looks like. Right now, it's Justin McCray. He's going to play this week, but he's dealing with an ankle issue. He's not 100%. And then it's going to be Jason Spriggs. Second round pick, Packers traded up to get him. Elite athlete by the measurables, but has struggled 
with his lateral agility. This is this is Jason Spriggs' number one problem. It's why he played well at guard. He can move forward and he can move backward. It's moving side to side that he struggles with. And when you play guard, you don't have to deal with the same sorts of setup moves where a defensive end is gonna is gonna give you an outside move, come back inside. And if you can't move your feet laterally, this is just like a defender in basketball. If you can't move your feet laterally, you're going to struggle, and you're out on an island at offensive tackle. If you play guard, the defensive tackle has less room. Where is he going to go? He goes left. There's an offensive tackle. He goes right. There's a center. So that complicates things. That's why Spriggs was able to get away with this deficiency at guard. He's going to get the rest of the season to prove he can be an offensive lineman, a starting caliber offensive lineman. That is what the Packers drafted him to be. There is no two ways about it. You, you pick a top 50 player, you expect him to be a starter. They didn't draft him to be a swing tackle. Given the injuries that they've had at the offensive line over the last few years, it wouldn't be a terrible idea to use a high pick on a swing tackle, but that is not what Jason Spriggs was brought here for. The Packers understood that the issues with Brian Bulaga's injuries would persist. Jason Spriggs needs to prove that he can be that guy. And if he can, look, you want to talk about someone with physical tools. He is more physically gifted as a pure athlete than someone like David Bakhtiari. But he's not the he's not half the player Bakhtiari is. But he's he has tools. He has athletic ability. So he's going to have the opportunity to prove that he belongs on this team and that the Packers can move on from Brian Bulaga, given his injuries and the the unlikely event that he stays healthy for 16 games and plays at an elite level. That's just, it's just not the reality, unfortunately. And when you have Aaron Rodgers in his prime, that's not ideal. And unfortunately this week, Packers are going to have Justin McCray. And on the other side is going to be Leonard Floyd. He has not had the sort of leap season that, that a lot of people thought he would have, but he is still a very, very dangerous edge rusher. And this defensive line for the Bears is serious business. Akeem Hicks is unbelievable. Eddie Goldman is a very solid player. This defensive front is stout. And the Packers are going to have a challenge on their hands. None of this is is made easier by the fact that Brett Hundley is the quarterback. And so he is not going to get them in and out of advantageous situations the same way Aaron Rodgers would. The Packers have been extremely efficient running the ball. Averaging over six yards a carry since Brett Hundley took over as the starter. But they haven't been able to parlay that into success. Part of the problem with this offense is Brett Hundley has not stayed in the pocket. He's not climbed the pocket, which means he's he's bailing instead of stepping up to make throws. Something that, frankly, Aaron Rodgers has his own issues with. But that's made worse if your right tackle is losing consistently. And there are ways to mitigate that. And and maybe, look, every time the Packers have faced a challenge this season with injuries, Mike McCarthy has found found a way to mitigate it with the exception of the quarterback. Now, Brett Hundley has not played well enough. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again today. I'll probably say it again tomorrow and the next day uh, until it changes. Brett Hundley is not playing to his talent. He's not playing to his ability. And part of that is on Mike McCarthy to get him in the right position. We're going to talk more about Brett Hundley later in the show. But it's possible that another injury, this time on the offensive line, could 
cause Mike McCarthy to get more creative in terms of rolling Hunley out, moving the pocket, getting him on boot action, getting him in in run-pass situations that could be potentially advantageous for this offense as a whole. And so that certainly changes the calculation here. Now, another injury that is worth monitoring, Morgan Burnett has a groin injury. He won't play against the Bears, according to Mike McCarthy. We don't know what the timeline is at this point. This is another soft tissue injury, and it's the last thing the Packers defense needed after an embarrassing showing against the Lions. It's also the last thing, frankly, Morgan Burnett needed in a contract season. These are the kind of setbacks that Ted Thompson looks at and says, you know what, we don't need this. We drafted Josh Jones for a reason, and we're going to move on. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but I'm saying it's possible, and this injury makes it a little bit more likely. It at least makes it easier to re-sign him in the event that they choose to do that because his his final year in Green Bay has been riddled with injuries. If this defense has any chance of succeeding long-term, at least this season being long-term, Morgan Burnett has to be a part of it. Now, against Mitch Trubisky in an offense that that all they want to do is run the ball, maybe not. As I mentioned yesterday, the Packers did an outstanding job against the Lions' run game. The Bears' run game is much better. Jordan Howard is a much better running back. The Bears' offensive line is much better. Tariq Cohen is dangerous. It's a very different situation. But let's be honest. Josh Jones is the future at safety for this team. Haha, Clinton Dix has not been the same player. Jones is the versatile linebacker hybrid that the Packers wanted Morgan Burnett to be. Now, Burnett is the signal caller. He is the quarterback of that defense, and he absolutely has value. He played a ton in the slot early in this game. Played a ton against Eric Ebron lined up wide. He has value, and I, I fully expect the Packers to, to try and keep him, especially given what happened with Micah Hyde, who left played left and went to the Bills and has been leading the league in interceptions essentially the entire season. I don't think the Packers drafted Josh Jones with the idea that he is a Morgan Burnett replacement. He is a Morgan Burnett supplement. And so the Packers are going to see how this plays out and, and sees how see how it affects the value of Morgan Burnett. It is Bears Week, as I mentioned, so be sure to check out Locked on Bears. I'll be on with Lauren Cox later in the week. And Tuesday night was an outstanding game between the Bucks and the Cavs. The Bucks make a trade for Eric Bledsoe. They do not have to give up Malcolm Brogdon, do not have to give up any of their core. And they get Eric Bledsoe, who is a dynamic point guard. He upgrades the talent on this team. Check out Locked on Bucks. Those guys do a terrific job. Plenty to listen to and plenty to root for. If you're a Wisconsin sports fan, if you like the Bucks and you like the Packers, I don't blame you for pouring a little bit more energy into the Bucks than the Packers, but please listen to my show and listen to Locked on Bucks. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked on Fantasy Football here on the Locked on Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. 
Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store i want to get into something that i wrote about for acme packing company yesterday i understand the criticisms of mike mccarthy And I think they're reasonable. 2011, this team was 15-1 and coming off a Super Bowl and they lost in the first round. That is a disappointment, to be sure. 2012, Aaron Rodgers has, has a solid season. There's some injuries, Clay Matthews. And in the playoffs, they get destroyed by Colin Kaepernick. 2013, Rodgers breaks his collarbone. Sounding familiar? But they sneak into the playoffs because the Lions choked the division away and the Packers made a spectacular Week 17 play for the division. Joe Buck saying Cobb caught touchdown still gives me chills. I'm sure it sends shivers down the spines of Bears fans. But they lost at home to the San Francisco 49ers again. Micah Hyde drops an interception, somewhat ironically. And the Packers lose. 2014, we have the NFC Championship game in Seattle where the Packers are, are winning 16-3 to with four minutes left and lose. 2015, got the last, the overtime loss to the Cardinals. 2016. But here's, here's what I'll say. How many of those seasons ended in losses to inferior teams? You could say 2011, but that team was deeply flawed, defensively in particular. And they lost to the eventual Super Bowl champions. I don't know how you could argue after getting absolutely destroyed, the 49ers were an inferior team in 2012. 2013, 49ers were a wild card, but they had a better record. They had been the better team over the course of the season. In 2014, Seattle was... Thoroughly outplayed for 55 minutes against Green Bay, but they had been the number one team by DVOA all year. They were the they were the best team that season. And they were a Marshawn Lynch run at the one-yard line away from winning the Super Bowl. 
2015, the Cardinals were were clearly the second best team in the conference. The Packers only barely lost to them because of incredible Aaron Rodgers heroics. And in 2016, the Falcons were better. They should have won the Super Bowl too. The Packers lost two NFC Championship games to teams who should have been Super Bowl champions. Now, I think in in either case, you can make the argument that the Packers would have won the Super Bowl if they had won in the NFC title game. They were they were really too banged up against the Falcons to have competed against the Patriots, but that offense was going to score against New England in in both Super Bowls, potentially. But here's the through line, right? The through line is Dom Capers. And you know all the stats, I'm sure, about the Packers' defense giving up 30-plus in playoff losses and the the last you know the number of playoff games the packers have lost on the last play it's incredible it's unfathomable the bad luck that Aaron Rodgers in particular has had i would i want to say mike mccarthy but i can't because the buck stops with him because of the defensive coordinator i got a little bit heated yesterday wondering how many times this defense had to fail before a change needed to be made we're here. After 2011, okay, they were 15 and 1. The Packers, you know, that was disappointing. By the end of 2012, with Colin Kaepernick, who is still running somewhere in the, in the Bay Area, running away from Nick Perry and Charles Woodson, who have no idea where the ball is, I understand that there are flaws here. It's clear, given his issues in adapting to Brett Hundley, that Mike McCarthy has flaws. And his flaws with game calling and going forward on fourth down and kicking field goals, those things are there. And and they're, they're, frankly, they're issues that every NFL coach has. Pete Carroll has those issues. Andy Reid is a notorious game management effort-upper. Even Bill Belichick gets these things wrong. He should have called a timeout on the Malcolm Butler play to give his offense time to come back because Seattle should have scored. He doesn't look smart because his his team made an interception. He did the wrong thing by not calling timeout to give Tom Brady a chance. And he was rewarded for it. He got lucky. Packers haven't gotten lucky a lot lately. With injuries, with whatever you want to say, they have not been lucky lately. But the real problem on this team is that the defense continues to disappoint. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is a deodorant. This is a popular thing this week. But that's how this team is built. It's built to facilitate Aaron Rodgers. If they don't have Rodgers, maybe you draft differently over the last five years. Maybe you build this team differently. But they do have Rodgers. And so the idea that this team is somehow, you know, garbage, they haven't played well, that's for sure. But they're built to win with Aaron Rodgers. Look at the Cowboys. The Cowboys went from the the penthouse to the outhouse when Tony Romo went down. They went from one of the best teams in the NFC to one of the worst just by losing their quarterback. In 2014, the Cowboys were outstanding. They They were a playoff team. They were not just a playoff team. They were one of the favorites. They had already beaten Seattle, who was the best team in football. They lose to Green Bay. The next season, 
Tony Romo breaks his collarbone, and they can't win a game. That's what happens. One quarterback can change everything for you. But we didn't we didn't hear about, oh, Tony Romo, oh, the Cowboys suck without Tony Romo. Because Tony Romo's narrative was different. We talked about him differently. He was not in the class of Aaron Rodgers, even though in 2014 he absolutely played that way. Led the league in completion percentage, a, a hair under 70%. Led the league in touchdown percentage. Led the league in yards per attempt, in rating, in QBR. Tony Romo was awesome in 2014 and started the season well in 2015. And when he went out, the Cowboys went flat. And they took Dak Prescott. And once they had a quarterback, everything flipped. Isn't that weird? But what's weird to me is this rush to determine what Brett Hundley is and isn't. It's been two games. Two and a half. Why are we doing this? Why the issue, and I wrote about this for SB Nation, the reason that Brett Hundley is being judged so harshly on these two and a half games is because Aaron Rodgers is the alternative. And we know what he can be. And the Packers are a Super Bowl contender, even with a crap defense with Aaron Rodgers because he's Aaron Rodgers. And he puts pressure on teams in a way that no other quarterback does. It is telling, I was joking about this on Twitter, it's telling that that three of Matthew Stafford's best games against the Packers have come without Aaron Rodgers opposite him. Because it takes the pressure off. You don't have to match touchdown for touchdown. But Brian Burke, ESPN Analytics, did an interesting study around Jimmy Garoppolo. And I wrote about this in the article. And he found that the two-game sample size from Jimmy Garoppolo from last year does not statistically matter in an evaluation player for player against a rookie. It's not enough data. Two games is not a statistically significant sample size, full stop, when it comes to an NFL evaluation. But there has been eulogizing. Brett Hundley is bad, according to Packers Twitter, and and people in the media. Bad after two games. Trash. You know who else bad after two games? Peyton Manning, terrible. Brett Favre, terrible. Jared Goff, awful. Cut him. I mean, this is a joke. I mean, there were two pieces yesterday in Chicago newspapers, not just, not blog posts, not, you know, not just some, some person. We're talking about prominent media members, prestige publications in Chicago. One of them wrote that Mitch Trubisky can do to the Packers what Matthew Stafford did. Are you freaking kidding me? Mitch Trubisky, the guy that the the Chicago Bears are afraid to let throw the football, is going to do to the Packers what Matthew Stafford did. He's going to throw for 10 yards an attempt. He's going to have a 135 quarterback rating. He's going to complete 80% of his passes while throwing for over 300 yards. Give me a break. Mitch Trubisky has been maybe, maybe marginally better than Brett Hundley. Maybe. They have nearly identical pro football-focused passer ratings which take into account more than just just what's in the stat sheet. It's about, it it takes into account drops and and interception-worthy throws and and things of that nature. Two of Brett Hundley's interceptions were were desperation heaves. One was a diving catch and one was a, a, a tipped pass. I mean, give me a break. There was another article, Prestige Chicago Media Publication. The Bears finally have the better quarterback. 
We're talking about four games of Mitch Trubisky and two and a half of Brett Hundley. And and anyone thinks anything can be divined from, from that sample size? Mitch Trubisky might turn out to be a better quarterback than Brett Hundley. And Brett Hundley might turn out to be bad. We don't know right now. I... Let me, I just want to read to you. Let's have, let's have Buko story time. Okay. I have the Mitch Trubisky game logs pulled up. Four games. Most passing yards, 164. Best completion percentage, 57. Most touchdowns in a game, one. He's got two touchdowns total in four games. Best passer rating, 101.8. And you know why he has a 101.8 passer rating? Because against the Carolina Panthers... A game in which he did not score, he went 4 of 7 for 107. And one of those plays was a 70-yard catch and run by Tariq Cohen. You take that away, he's 3 of 6 for 37 yards. In a game that they won 17 to 3. Let's just go through it. Here we go. Ready? Minnesota, 12 of 25, 128. Yeesh. One touchdown, one interception. Baltimore Ravens, 8 of 16, 113. With a touchdown. Carolina, 4 of 7, 107. Nothing. New Orleans, 14 of 32, 164, and a pick. Give me a break. But this is all about perception. This is all about perspective. Mitch Trubisky is a rookie. He's a young player. And the Bears are crap. They're a bad team. Or at least they were last year. They're a much better team this year. The defense is playing outstanding. And there's a trajectory. There is potentially an arc here. Now, there's there's not data that suggests that Trubisky is getting better. In fact, if anything, he's going the other way. Through touchdown passes in his first two games, hasn't thrown one. And by the time game times comes, he'll, he'll not have thrown a, a touchdown pass in a month. Meanwhile, Brett Hundley, going to go from three interceptions to one interception to no interceptions. Passer rating got better every week. Looked much more confident against the Lions on Monday. Had some flashes of brilliance. Whole drives. I love the answer drives. He had two of them against New Orleans. If this were just a young quarterback the Packers were bringing along, people would be much less down on his abilities than they are. But that's not what we're doing. This is a team that all Packer fans know could be and probably would be the Super Bowl favorite if Aaron Rodgers were healthy. And so anything less than that is a disappointment. And and look, I am going to be the first one to admit I was wrong. I thought McCarthy would do a better job. I thought Brett Hundley would be better. I was told by people I trust, smart people, people around the league believed Brett Hundley would play well, even if they didn't think he was a great prospect out of UCLA. He hasn't. But that doesn't mean he's bad. He's too young to know for sure. He hasn't played enough games. It takes time for these guys to develop. He's 24. He's 10 months older than Mitch Trubisky. And given what Brian Burke told us about the data, they're essentially the same player. Yes, it matters he was in an NFL training camp twice or three times, excuse me. It matters that he has been in NFL weight rooms and he's been in the offense, and so he should be a little bit further along. But the CBA does not afford the luxury of getting Brett Hundley snaps with the first team, of developing a, rep, a, a rapport with the receivers. It doesn't allow him to have 
playing time in meaningful snaps in games because Rodgers had been healthy? How is he supposed to get better? This is why rookies need to play as rookies because that's the best way to get better. The guys who don't play as rookies wash out because sitting, given the current CBA, is detrimental to growth. Look what Jared Goff looked like last year and look what he looks like this year. The biggest difference between Jared Goff on Sunday and Brett Hundley on Monday was execution. Their spray charts looked about the same. I am not going to give up on Brett Hundley. I believe in the kid and I believe in the coach. And frankly, the Bears are just getting a little too chesty. So, I, I mean, what else am I supposed to believe? I hope Brett Hundley hangs 300 on the Bears on Sunday. I don't even care if the Packers win if Brett Hundley does that. I really don't. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long lasting battery powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See fuelrewards.com slash fuelyourfandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. You heard me reference Brett Hundley's pro football focus, player grade, passer rating. You can still get on on the fun on the pro football focus edge giveaway. That's if you leave a review with your name and your Twitter handle in the review on iTunes. Give us five stars. Tell us why you like the show. Maybe what you think could be improved on. Tell us what you thought of Thor Ragnarok. Whatever you want. Just put your name and your Twitter handle in there and you could be entered to win a pro football focus edge subscription, a $39.99 value that gets you player grades, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, charts, NFL draft coverage, all sorts of data. It's all there for you. Greg Jennings joins the show tomorrow. Really excited to bring you that interview. Hopefully we can get Tyler done later in the week. We'll have more to discuss. And then it's Packers-Bears, the oldest rivalry in the NFL, the most storied rivalry among Probably the two most storied franchises in football. Packers need a win. Devon House called it a must win. It's a must win. No question about it. It's not just a must win for this year in the playoffs. It's a must win for Dom Capers. It might be a must win for Mike McCarthy. So you're not going to want to miss any of our discussions of this game leading up to it. A ton to talk about, a ton to get to. So as always, you need to stay locked on Packers. Packers.